Blog Talk Radio. Hey, my brothers and sisters, fellow entrepreneurs around the globe, it is 0600 hours Eastern, or Romeo for you nautical types, 1000 hours Greenwich, or Zulu. This is Rudder Radio, your guide to thrive in any economy. I'm William Eastman, Managing Partner for Applied Knowledge Labs North America, a business research company, and we are changing the formula of business success for companies from zero the 50 million in revenue, and I'm going to be your host for the next 30 minutes. Today's show is the last of our series that relates to what are the characteristics of business strategies for companies that become market dominators, the companies that own their market, make up the rules, and basically create the bar that everybody else competes against. Now, the last show is called The Brand Inside, The Last of the Missing Links. So here's what you need to do. If you want to join us, <coughs> excuse me, had the cough first thing in the morning. If you want to join us, you can reach us at the chat now at blogtalkradio.com slash the rudder. That's T-H-E hyphen R-U-T-T-E-R. You can dial in, reach us at the switchboard at 347-215-7471. That's 347-215-7471. You can get it to us on Twitter. You can send me a tweet, not a tweet. I don't know where to get a tweet from a tweet. Anyway, W. Eastman, W-E-A-S-T-M-A-N. Or as always, you can go to our blog, which is the link is there on the show page. Um, it is The Rudder. And if you want to Google it, just uh, Google The Rudder blog, and it will pop right up at the top of the screen. So where are we? Well, I think that what we're going to do today is kind of wrap everything up for this and set the stage for the next series of shows. We're also going to do a major revamp um, for the shows, the show page, the way that we document everything, but I'll leave that to our closing, and then we're going to start that tomorrow. Here's what you need to know. If you've been listening, if, this, if you've been listening, you know this. If you haven't been listening, this is your first time. What we're doing is simply this. We are a business research firm. Everything that we discuss is well-researched. These are characteristics of what the best of the best do. You can learn this a couple ways. One is you can do the work that we did, and if you want to, good luck. Number two is you can learn it over the years through the School of Hard Knocks. Uh, once again, good luck. Or you can just get it from us. Uh, so on the one hand, this stuff is solid from a research perspective, but also number two is that we don't do anything that we don't use haven't used, and we don't use anything that is not proven. Everything that we do is proven in the field, and it works with any company from zero to $50 million in revenue. The third thing that makes this kind of unique is it's all free. We don't have any black box. There's nothing out there that we are saying, and buy now. And if you buy now, or you, we could do the Billy Mays routine of, uh, but wait, there's more. 
Uh, that's not true. It's all free. And we view our show as much as a classroom as we do anything else. And what I mean by a classroom is this. This is a place where you can collect the information that you need to have around running your business. And if you want to interact with us, you've got emails. You can, you can email me directly. It won't be screened by my staff at Eastman, E-A-S-T-M-A-N, at A-K-Labs, A-K-L-A-B-S dot org. Or you can hit us in the chat room, or you can hit us on the switchboard. Any way you want to do it, view this as the classroom. Okay. The branded side. What, what are we talking about here? Well, interesting dynamic is, as most of you have know, do know uh, from the show, is one of the things that we learned very early on is that the most important thing that any one of these companies that did became market leaders was this. They created a brand. But the brand was, was more important than anything else, and everything else in the organization is subordinate to it. And so let me talk about what, what I mean by that, is that as an organization, you spend time and money and energy to create, reinforce, and enhance to kind of get yourself a top of mind, a mind share in the customer is that you want the customer, whenever anything that is related to your offer occurs to them, they think of you and they think of you in ways that you want them to think. And so if that happens and they go, okay, we've got to go there, we've got to go to them and buy, what happens when they go to you and the experience that they have is totally opposite? to all this time and money you spent creating the brand. And that's what I want to talk about here, is that, is that the organization's internal brand, commonly known as vision, mission, values, must equal it. Because otherwise what you've got is you're offering one thing and then selling something else. And most of us uh, know, know about bait and switch. Most of us are pretty unhappy about that. And so the issues in front of us are basically this. Brand is the top of the external pyramid. Everything else in the firm, strategy, business plan, marketing plan, everything else um, is subordinate, and that's a best practice. On the other hand, vision, mission, and values, what you're about as a firm, what that brand image inside of the company is, is also uh, the top of the pyramid. And everything else, systems, policies, processes, procedures, are all subordinate to it. How many times have you encountered an organization, or you can do this even in more detail, you can look at a department into a firm, and, and what you see is a group of people who have confused uh, policies for purpose. In other words, they start talking about the rules of how things should be done or how they do them, and those rules totally countermand the whole purpose behind having that department or the whole purpose for the organization. If you don't have that balance, you're going to create some problems for you. And I think you can do both of these at the same time. So this is not a show about how to do either. I'm not going to drill down and tell you how to build a brand. I'm not going to drill down and tell you how to do vision, mission, and values. But what I'm going to talk about is the need for doing that. And we'll set these up as separate shows. And in 30 minutes, I can give you a topical treatment that should be sufficient uh, that you can do it yourself if you want. But what I am saying is that the, both of those must be in harmony. And to a certain degree, they must be the same. And so, as I said, imagine if you spend time and money on creating an image in the marketplace, a marketplace that reflects your long-term strategy. And then when the customer interacts with the company, the customer interacts with the firm, what happens? 
And that is that they have a totally different experience than what you advertise. What do you think will happen? And the, the answer to that, which is pretty common sense, pretty much common sense, is that they're not going to buy again because what they feel like that, that you basically have uh, falsely promoted your organization. On the other hand, I also want to hit on the issue is imagine you spent years struggling with product development and sales and building infrastructure and staffing. All the things that we talked about early on in the series when we talked about the stages of business growth. And then at the end game, when your company is ready to ramp up and finally you can begin to uh, expect the hockey stick growth that all this investment should have bought. And one of the requirements of that is that you begin to manage by results. You look at the numbers, you look at facts, you trust people to do their jobs, and then what you realize is that people are making terrible decisions. You cannot believe what they're doing and what's going to happen there. And, of course, what's going to happen is that it's going to destroy all that you've done to build inside. With vision, mission, and values, the easiest way of looking at it is it provides people inside the firm, which also, I should say, includes stakeholders. So that's your investors, if you have any uh, non-bank investors, uh, with an idea about where the company is headed, what it's going to do, how it's going to do that. And what all of these best companies have done is that they've created an environment where people know the rules of how to make decisions. And they evaluate against the vision and the mission and the values to say, okay, is this what we're going to do? And so what I want to do is I want to cover both of those. And again, my intention is not to, at the end of this 30 minutes uh, to have you able to do it yourself, but rather uh, to be able to take a look at this hard and to say, gee, where are we and how do we balance them out? So what we're going to do here is we're going to talk about a thing called brand attributes. Uh, brands, um, a brand attribute is much like the personality of a person. And that's the framework I want to use here. And that if you look at a brand, there are five common attributes to most brands. Um, attribute number one is the issue of insincerity. And by the way, when I say this, is that what you look at, all the successful branding out there, is that there's some combination of these. You don't have to do all of them. Um, in fact, we have a couple in ours, and I'll actually share those with you, our set. But one of them is sincerity. And uh, what sincerity? Well, sincerity is, as it appears, is that what you're talking about as a firm is that you say you're going to do something and you're very, very sincere about it. You deliver on what it is that you actually said you're going to do. And that is not only in what you have to offer, but uh, how people act. So you we're talking about down-to-earth, honest, wholesome, cheerful. Another attribute that you could use is excitement. Now, what does that contain, uh, entail? That's... Uh, a company that's perceived as daring, spirited, imaginative, up-to-date. Third one is competence. And competence, what is competence? Competence is being perceived as reliable, intelligent, and successful. Fourth one is sophistication. Uh, upper class, charming, um, in a league by itself. That's a fourth potential attribute you can put on your brand. And the fifth one is ruggedness, robust, outdoorsy, tough. And so as you look at the brand that you're looking to present to the, to the public out there and say, um, here's who we are, this is what we're about, those are, are five options available to you, and it's a good framework to work from. Now let me talk about our brand. 
Okay, let me talk about the work that we did here, and I only use this as a, an ability to give you an example and, instead of talking about strictly from theory, is that uh, Applied Knowledge Labs, our company, is an information refinery. We take crude, which is public domain business research, and we refine it to create products and services that achieve fast and sustainable business growth. That's basically what we do. Now, what is our brand? Well, here's our brand attributes. One is alternative. Since we are offering the same type of consulting uh, abilities of a large corporation like McKinsey or Accenture, is that we are providing a new alternative to a new group of people. And the way we see it is our alternative, you've seen nothing like our offer. We've destroyed the high cost of consulting and training with one of the most intriguing business designs, providing an unbelievable success in utilizing the world's best business knowledge. Okay, And so that's one attribute we put out there. Our second attribute is smart. No place will you find this level of talent and intellectual property under one roof at the price. Uh, we run a company that looks a lot like a software firm. Um, open source is our, is our mantra here. We've got uh, a cadre of experts that if uh, you're in a small business and typically where do you go? You go to some mom and pop uh, training consulting firm who's made up of one or two people. That expertise is not going to be there simply because it is impossible to have anybody who knows all that. So your alternative is you go to the local community college, you get an adjunct professor who, again, may be good in a particular area, but that's all they're good at. And so you're not going to see this assemble people, the stable people. Number three, pragmatic. We are experienced business people that make bleeding-edge ideas operational. Everything is tested and proven. Our view is we only work in dunnable technology. And when I say dunnable, I mean actually it's been done many times over, so there is no learning curve and there's nothing you've got to do uh, to upgrade the skills of your clients in order to use it. Uh, and finally, tough. Well, we're in it for the long haul, especially when implementation gets tough. Our stuff works because it's simple and overbuilt, and our commitment to all stakeholders is never compromised. So we took those brand attributes and we said, okay, what is, how does it make sense to us given our offer and given our target population? And that's how we kind of use those um, attribute areas. So those are the brand attributes. Now, this is what we want to say to a customer. This is what you want to say to your customers to say, here's who we are, here's where we're, what we're about, what your website looks like, your marketing materials, how you sell, uh, the packaging of your products. All of that is now going to be driven by this checklist to say, does it meet, in our particular case, these four attributes of our brand? Well, that only works if, in fact, when you turn inside the firm, you see the same type of thing, and that the, the, the organizations, our company's vision, mission, and values is basically the same. So let me, let, let me talk about that a little bit here, is that what, when you look at an organization's vision, mission, and values, what does it incorporate? Well, there are usually six things you'll find in there. And again, it's more of a, here's some things to consider. Number one is you'll find is that they have to have an emotional appeal. And that emotional appeal, since it's inside, is predominantly focused on employees. There's got to be some compelling picture about what we're trying to create. We're trying to do some good. Um, it can't be just about making profit. And trust me when I say that I'm very much about making profit, but if the only thing the company's about is making profit, well, that doesn't get people out of bed in the morning. Uh, number two is it has to talk in some degree 
to the products and services of what you offer. Um, number three is that they have to, in some way, um, help with the vision of the firm and the leadership. Where are we headed in the long term? What is the end game? What are we trying to create? And what is the role of leadership in the firm? And what I'll stop here and say is that uh, uh, back in the old days when I was working in corporate consulting, we had a particular service package called Managing by Values, which helped organizations make a decision of what their values were, not to provide any for them because that's really your decision. But what this was really about was conveying to people that once an organization does this process, values are the boss. In other words, leaders, even, even the owner of the company, really now cannot act out of character. If they say that uh, one of our core values, say, is integrity, and then you're dishonest and you begin to cheat customers, um, crazy. Because what's going to happen is that the organization is simply not going to practice that. In fact, what they're going to do, as people always do, is they don't do what you say, they do what you do. And so you're running an organization that to some degree is managed by its values. So the third one was vision and leadership. The fourth one it expresses the work, uh, workplace environment. What type of environment do you want to create? What makes it a place that people want to work? Um, the fifth one is most vision, mission, and value statements talk about financial performance. Uh, obviously, uh, all businesses are economic entities, and at some point, they have to make money. Otherwise, uh, they're gone. Business is not social welfare. Um, you don't create a business to create jobs. You create a business to create wealth, and in the process, that creates jobs. And then finally, you see a lot of organizations have also talked about social responsibility. What is the responsibility this company has to give back uh, it could be environmental, it could be more community-based, but if you look at most vision, mission, and value statements in organizations, is that they have these six pieces in it. Now, before I go on and I talk about specifically what to put in here, let me just stop for a second and talk about uh, us, and that is, I don't know if you've been watching the news lately, uh, economic news around the world, but it appears that the, the economy, to some people, is stagnated. It's still stagnated. Other people say the economy is getting better. You know, I don't know. All I know is the people that I work with, uh, which are small businesses, companies under $50 million, are all running scared. Uh, nobody's spending any money. Nobody's doing anything right now. And the reason that they're not is because they're waiting for the next shoe to drop. And I don't blame them because I've postponed a lot of our budgeting decisions on spending money on new platforms, things like that, etc., for exactly the same reason. And so I, you know, I don't know about you, but I'll tell you what, I am tired of the stress and I'm tired about worried about the economy because these are the things that are totally out of my control and yet they will determine whether or not we ever get this company public. And so uh, I'm saying to you is if you're t as tired as I'm tired about trying to transform your dream into reality and doing it by yourself, that's what we do as a company. Applied Knowledge Labs is your toolbox, your resources to help you regardless of the economy to keep on going. Um, what, we've done, what we're working on right now is a, is a new product called Survival Pack. And what Survival Pack is an organizational survey that takes a look at the best practices of companies who are caught in an economic down cycle to say, what do the best of the best do when they encounter an economy like this? Because I really think it's more than just surviving. I think it's looking at something like this economy today and saying it's an opportunity for me to make the company stronger so that when we come out of this, and we will because we always do, the economy always rebounds in some way, 
is that how do I have a company that then can go out and quickly grab market share from its competitors because if all they've been doing is trying to survive and not strengthen the business, then more than likely I can take them on in the marketplace and take away the key accounts that I want. So if you want any information on that, hit me up in the chat room, uh, call in on the switchboard, send me an email, uh, or go to the blog site, uh, The Rudder, uh, which is linked to the show page. Put a comment on there because we put up all the show notes. I'll send it to you. Uh, your last option is you can give us a call on our Skype hotline. Uh, not right now, but after the show at 804-471-1660. And get that uh, package from us. So we talked about the six components of vision, uh, vision mission, and values. Uh, what is it? Well, a vision is nothing more than a future state, stated in present terms. Here's where we're going to be. So everybody can say, okay, where's the end game? Where are we going? Mission statement is more of the nuts and bolts of what is provided. So you got what you provide to whom and why they would want to buy it. And that kind of encapsulates as quickly as you can um, what the company is. It's kind of an, an internal elevator speech. If any of you have heard that term about in the marketing, in the marketing world about coming up with your elevator speech, so when you talk to customers and you got them in the elevator for 30 seconds, how do you give them the message that's compelling and it has people going, yep, 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 I, I, want, I want to talk to you further. Um, well, this is an internal elevator speech, uh, the mission statement. And then the values are your operating principles. And what this does is it gives people an idea of what the boundaries are because an organization uh, where the ends justifies the means. In other words, nobody cares how you get there as long as you get there, or organizations that make fundamentally bad decisions that go out of business. Uh, you can just think about some of the companies that have been recently in the news. Um, I would go anywhere from uh, back 15 years ago from Enron all the way forward to General Motors today to say that the organizations basically did not care about the process of how they got to where they were. They just cared about the end game. And what those values are, are it says to people, here are the operating principles of the firm. Now, let me give you some examples of these. And again, I'll use my own to highlight that. Um, our vision is that we're the leading source, uh, source of best practices for companies seeking fast and sustainable growth. Our clients experience exponential growth and become market leaders. That's our long-term vision written in the, in, the, in the present tense. And anyone that's our clients would agree with that statement. Our mission statement is to partner with clients, suppliers, and subject matter professionals seeking to achieve market leadership. We significantly improve the competitive advantage, core competence, and financial return of all stakeholders. That is a clear statement of where we're headed and what we do. What are our values? What are, the, what are the principles around how we run the business? Well, here we go. Number one is profitability. And if you've been following our previous shows, when we talked about value disciplines, and I think value disciplines was Thursday's show, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the issue here is that we are running a very, very lean organization. Operational excellence uh, or efficiency is our core value discipline. And so we are very much driven by numbers, but the issue here is that we have to run very lean um, and we have to run very tight or we never have any margin because of where our price point is. So our first one is profitability. And also is that our plan is to go public. If you don't have that in there, you, can, you won't make it. Number two is be the standard. Um, we're revolutionizing what's going on in the training, consulting, and coaching industry and in that we're commoditizing. We're taking something that's been always been very, very expensive, very, very difficult to acquire, and we are making it 
we're keeping the quality that you would get from a, a McKenzie, Accenture, Ernst, uh, Ernst & Young, Price Cooper Waterhouse. But what we're doing is we're doing it at a price point that uh, takes off zeros and commas. Um, number three, whatever it takes, first time, every time. And convey the sense inside the firm is if we make a commitment to a customer, we will do whatever we've got to do to honor that commitment. But this idea of continually doing it till we get it right is also unacceptable internally. And that is do it right the first time, and more than likely all the others will fall into place. Um, our, f our fourth value is best value. We share every efficiency, every cost improvement with clients, partners, and investors. We are the lowest cost producers in the marketplace. And so what that tells our employees is that in any engagement you got with the customer, if you can find a way of doing it better, faster, and for less, part of that money we're going to keep and part of that money we're going to give away to the customer in terms of giving them more services or reducing the price to them. And then um, the last one is continuous learning, is that we pursue every opportunity to improve ourselves and the organization. Uh, each of us, every single employee, is a thought leader in our profession, and that, ma that makes us a thought leader as a company, just to convey to people that their job is to constantly get better and to learn. Now, I don't hold these up as that these are the standard, and I don't say these so now that you live our company. I say these because what we've done is we've spent a lot of time eating the dog food. We take a look at what's going on in the market. We look at what the best customers are doing, and we're saying, hey, this is who we want to be in the marketplace. This is what we want our customers to think of us. And then on the other hand, how do we have to run the firm inside? And so that is really what the issue is here, is that if you look at most great companies, uh, they have a nationally or internationally, depending upon the scope of the market, brand. That that brand uh, creates an image that, the companies work very hard to create. If you talk to five people who say, oh, yeah, I've heard of them, and they say, this is what the company means to me when I think of them, it's pretty much within what the company's been trying to do. And that what they've done with that brand is it's gotten to top of mind, is that any time you think of anything, I mean, think about what we've done with search engines. I know I've used the example of Google's several times, but I think Google's a great branding story uh, in and of itself is that we don't even say search. I didn't say search. When I said, hey, you want to find our blog site, what did I say? I said, Google it. And so that's what you want. That's the type of brand identity you want in the marketplace to have the customer go, anytime I think of search engine, I not only just think of Google, I just say, Google it. Same thing here. Whenever they think of anything in your space, you want them to think of you and you want to be the first thought because the idea behind that more than anything else is those of you who spend your life in cold calls, you know what it's like. It is exceedingly difficult. The bottom line here is I want the phone to ring. And by doing that marketing out there, um, that's going to make the phone ring. And one other thing around marketing, just uh, if to the, to the smaller startup firms that uh, are part of our customer base and are listening to this, is that I know a lot of you think that marketing is a waste of time and money and that you'd rather spend your money in sales. Uh, I've got a proposition for you. Could you test this one out? Let's say that you intend to spend $50,000, and I'm arbitrarily picking that up. You intend to spend $50,000 um, in sales this year. I would say to you that you will get more payoff if you spent ten grand in marketing and 40000 in sales than if you spend all the 50000 in sales because um, if, you view, if you view what you're doing like a farmer, 
Somebody's got to till the soil. Somebody's got to fertilize it uh, before you can plant, before you can grow, before you can harvest. And what marketing does is that it, it, makes, it makes some of the reach out, some of the calls that you're going to make in sales, not absolute cold calls. Now, on the other side of that, is this issue of the brand inside and the vision and mission and values is that tells people in the company where we're going. It gives them a compelling, positive picture of the future, something that fires them up, something that asks people to give you their best performance because what I do know, and we will talk about this in one of the newer shows um, upcoming, and by the way, I haven't posted that, that schedule yet, but I will here uh, today. Um, is that uh, most people, if you ask most people where do they work in terms of their own performance, and they say, it, and the way that you pose the question is like this, if you worked, uh, what percent of your capacity do you work? Uh, what percent of your capacity do you have to work to to keep your jobs? Most people will tell you about 30, 40%. So what we have in any business is 60 to 70% of untapped potential in the employees. I don't like that. that how do I tap that potential? Well, what I do is I, it's not the whole story, but I create a compelling vision of the future, and then I give people a set of operating boundaries to work within and basically say to them, if your decisions get us to the end game and they do not go outside the boundaries, then use your best judgment and go for it. You're owner of the firm. You're not just an employee. So with that, I wanted to say to everybody, thanks for joining us uh, this morning on this beautiful Monday morning. Everybody have a great business day, and uh, I wish everyone wealth and prosperity. You take care.